Hello and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network where we dive deep into our boys' most reflective work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Ruben Morehouse. And of course it's time to remind you that the fan art contest is ending in about 12 hours. So if you haven't got your entries yeah. in, or if you haven't even started your entry, you still have time, but you're going to have to be quick. So uh, Yeah, get drawn. Yep. Um, and that's assuming that you listened to this episode right when it came out. Um, yeah. So if, if you, you didn't, yeah. um, it's probably more important that you help us stack the votes in yeah. Pact's favour. Yeah, vote for uh, all so, the Pact fan art. So head on over to patreon.com slash doofmedia and, and vote for just all the Pact ones. Yeah, don't worry about those wood ones. They'll be all right. I mean, vote for all the good ones. They're probably all going to be great. But yeah. yeah, of course. They're always great. I'm so excited <laughs> to see them. Um, anyway, let's talk about Malfeasance 11.9. Uh, Blake has summoned the Junior Council uh, and they basically don't remember him and are trying to figure out who he is. Uh, although they kind of have some clues from their relatives. Yeah, they, they get there pretty quickly. Um, I mean, I think this section really opens with them kind of squabbling about family things. You know, uh, I think it's Lola Duchamp is is sort of pressing the Bahames for information on yeah. whether Alistair is, is going to be the new thing. And they're like, oh, we're not falling for that. And I think that immediately sets this tone of like, okay, they're like, you know, they're squabbling for family stuff already. This isn't a good, like, this is not what we need. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to go well. Yeah. I, I like that Craig's response to Lola's prodding is, I'm not going to give up information, when really the answer is, I don't know what's happening. Nobody knows what's <laughs> happening with these dumb names. <laughs> um, uh, Blake notes that the bell... I'll read out the line, actually. Blake thinks, The bell tolled in the background, low and ominous, as if the bell itself were present for this very scene. Um, and I, I, I like the idea of the bell being present, because to me, what that really means is Molly being present, right? Um, which I really like, because, like, the idea of a junior council, like, she's the junior Thorburn, right? Like, I'm so on board with her mm. being a part of this council. She'd totally fit in. Yeah, well, she was a few years younger than Blake. She was, she's 19, so. Okay, uh, okay. On the older end of the junior council, but still counts. No, yeah, I mean, well, you know, Paul in there, I don't know how much... Yeah, true, he's, what, a billion. Um, But, yeah, and I mean, also, obviously, again, while we're on the topic of things that make you feel like this isn't going to work right from the start of the chapter, uh, bringing up the bell that's literally emanating, like, angry conflict feelings uh, doesn't seem like it's setting a great tone of, uh, yeah, this is going to work. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the bell is, like, literally the the embodiment of ominousness that is settling over the town, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, it, I, I think it's interesting to talk about... We, we touched on this at the end of the last chapter, how Blake kind of had this very specific moment of choosing not to go down his boogeyman path and, and, and kind of reaffirming his humanity here. And he kind of lives up to that over the course of this chapter. Um, he, he is so clearly trying to be a vulnerable like, open human being, and it, it, I really love his whole vibe, this chapter. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it especially comes through in how, like, unabashedly honest he is. Yeah. Like, he, he says so many things where he's like, they're gonna hate this, um, but, like, it's the truth, and he needs to say it, like, he's not sucking up to them, he's, like, just laying it all out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know, uh, like, it, this chapter kind of gives me the vibe of Blake- uh, not not quite giving it a last ditch effort, I guess, but definitely kind of having a making a conscious choice to avoid being a boogeyman and trying to take the human route, which here is kind of represented as trying to get 
these people to stop fighting and work together for everyone's greater good. Um, uh, but, I mean, we'll get to this. The conversation doesn't go well in that sense, which kind of then he ends being his most boogeyman-ish ever. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, obviously, like, a big thing that comes up multiple times in this chapter is the whole idea of having him bound by the seal of Solomon. Yeah. Um, which is obviously important because it's it's very much a symbol of the current institution. Yeah. Uh, but... I mean, you know, Lola also mentions that apparently it would provide him with, like, a power source and, and protections and stuff, which, you know, uh, obviously feeds into the whole concept of the system. You know, you, yeah, you become it, part of it and, and you're sort of rewarded for that. It feels very much like he's choosing to opt into, I don't know, I mean, maybe I'm overreaching by calling it a capitalist system, but this kind of system where he, he be, he's choosing to opt in to become a cog in the machine, basically. Well, well, no, he's, he, you know, he's, he's choosing not to do that Sorry, by not taking doing the seal. Would yeah. be choosing to do that, yeah. Yes, um, yeah. and um, of course, it but gives so it's you, like, yeah, oh, yeah, and and so it's like it's not just that he's taking a stand, trying to do things in a non-violent, you know, like more human or whatever way. Yeah, he's also taking that stand against becoming part of the system. You know, like he's he's saying yeah. no, like this is this is my new goal. You know, fuck the wheel. Um, uh, you know, I'm gonna break it. Like, he's, he's basically a practitioner anarchist now. Um, yeah. Which you can understand why everyone would be upset at, like, you know, someone with moderate diabolism knowledge um, starting to think this way. But, yeah, like, I, like, I think the interesting thing for me is not just that he's taking this stand and trying to do it the human way, but he's also really taking this ideological stand and he's sticking by it, which is, you know, also a very human thing to do. Yeah. Um, I It reminds me of a comment that I saw in the comments of this chapter uh, where somebody mentioned that Rose was... Sorry, when I say Rose, I mean Granny Rose was very keen on breaking the wheel and also created Blake. And maybe there's uh, some intentionality to Blake's desperate aversion to not be a cog in the machine. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't think we're going to find out that, like, Rose knew he would be in the drains and come back, like... That seems a little bit too much. Like <laughs> that, the whole be, story yeah. was just dictated by Rose Senior and and Eamon. Uh, but I, I think it is interesting seeing how some of these ideas he was programmed with are uh, maybe evolving as he's lived beyond his intended use. Mm. Um, you know, like, like she planted lots of seeds of ideas in him from the looks of it, and some of those are starting to sprout. Um, and maybe they didn't quite expect it to ever get this far. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Also, Penelope's familiar was mean to Evan, so I'm putting that familiar on the same tier list as Ur uh, for how much they need to be gotten rid of. But, well, I kind of side with the familiar, right? Because the familiar says, don't treat us like we're equals. And it's true, Evan's way better. So she was right. If an eight-year-old comes up to you and is like, hey, let's hang out, you don't just be like, fuck off, you're an eight-year-old. I'm an adult. You don't know me. <laughs> I mean, you do that when you're like... <laughs> 16 <laughs> um, yeah but i think this familiar is a lot older than 16 well, point is yeah, but uh, bird familiar of, of penelope is bad yeah uh evan good and, yeah. and so i'm not on this other bird's side all right fair enough um so mags arrives and with mags here to mediate they can actually properly begin their discussion um and blake starts by outlining that their common enemy is the wheel so let's break it hmm it's a bit where uh I think it's Lola calls him out on how cryptic he keeps being now. And I mean, we, 
we've had a lot of that from Rose and stuff as well. Like that, that does seem like it's becoming a bit of a pattern for Blake. He just, mm. um, he leads with all these things that aren't quite his point, and and people just think he's being cryptic. No, it's he know. likes the drama. He likes the long yeah. lead up. That's what it is. He, he, yeah, he knows how to please the spirits. Uh yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so look, this is a hard sell by Blake, right? Like. The Bahames and the Duchamps, I mean, they've, they're, it's almost as if they were written to be families that exploit dynasties. <laughs> um, and, no. And, and, no, I know, right? <laughs> and even so, um, even so, these kids who are on the receiving end of all the bad things of this dynasty, basically being, uh, Blake calls the Bahames cows that feed their milk into the giant wheel of cheese, I guess, mm. um, while the Duchamps are, you know, married off explicitly for the good of the family and so these kids have the most reason to jump on board with this plan and even so they they won't because it is saying it is asking them to you know turn their backs on their families and 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 kind of betray to an extent or at least they definitely see it as a betrayal betray their family yeah and i mean you know this is very i mean this isn't even really a metaphor this is exactly kind of what it is in real life like it's it's so hard to get people on board with with big radical changes like this because you have to give up so much of the safety and security the system does still give you and also you usually have to turn your back on everyone around you um so it's like a you know you you have the risk of dragging other stones into the pond um, yeah so to speak so yeah i mean i don't know it's frustrating to read just because it's so real that this idea that like they all do kind of agree but it's asking so much to ask someone to take that plunge. Like, you can't hold it against them as much as you want to. Yeah. They're so young as well. Like, you're asking, what, a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old to emancipate themselves from the family? Like, mm. it's just not... Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, I get it. There's just no correct answer to it, really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, you know, you have to be someone, like, kind of radical and self-sacrificing like blake to be the person to take this stand yeah and uh i mean i guess we'll see how it goes yeah um so the Bahames unsurprisingly don't side with blake so he turns his attention towards lola duchamp yeah and i mean hitting up the duchamps more transparently makes sense to me because their deal is much more transparently shit like yeah, the Bahames he sort of has to be like oh, didn't you know that, like, secretly you don't get a very good deal? Whereas, like, the Duchamps, there's no secrets about it. They all get a pretty shit deal. Yeah. Um, it, it's a much easier case to make. Yeah, and Blake makes it with some uh, brutal honesty. Um, I've pulled out a huge, long chunk of text here, and I'm not going to read it all out, but basically Blake... I mean, yeah, Lola's response to Blake is like, well, look, if if we win this contest here in for Lordship... Maybe I won't have to get married. Maybe our power will be secured anyway and it will be fine. And Blake's response is like... I mean, the the key part to me here is... I wonder, I said, if your mum thought the same thing. Or if Sandra convinced herself she could change it all. Which is so good because we it's know that it's true. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, like, obviously Lola is close enough to Sandra as her daughter that she probably knows some of this too. Um, it's so on point. Um, yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, and, and we've, we've talked about this a lot and Pact has been talking about this, this idea that a lot of people start off and they're like, yeah, I'm going to break the wheel or whatever. I've just got to like stay in the system to achieve this and then I'll be in a position to break it. And, and that just doesn't 
it, work. It, it seems like and every I, single character has had that exact same train of thought. Like, Laird, yeah. you know, Eamon, uh, Granny Rose, Sandra, Johannes, they're all like, yeah, 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 we're going to change the system, but first, we just need to use the system a little bit first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, arguably, Rose Sr. is the one with the most success right now, and, and it looks like that was largely an accident anyway. So, yeah. um, I, I mean, I guess I, I'm interested to learn a lot more about what her actual plan was. Um like how much she did plan like it's hard to know how much of this was like orchestrated how much of this was just her you know put, like scattering pieces on a chessboard in a way she hoped would turn out well maybe um, <laughs> this is going to be a bit of a weird fan theory but uh she obviously cut away like you know the old analogy about goblins being the the parts that were cast off when fairies were made right um, yeah that's basically uh, as we understand it, Blake being created by taking all the shitty bits of Rose and uh, and dumping them into their own person, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so maybe uh, Granny Rose tried to create a perfect practitioner, and a perfect practitioner in this world is one who plays within the rules and maximizes the system to their benefit. And just the opposite of that, the part that was cast away is the fuck the system bits, and that's where Blake has come from. Yeah, or, or you know, it, it could be a very interesting thing. Her way of trying to break the system was exactly wrong, and everything she's put in Rose that she hoped would shatter the system has actually not really worked <laughs> out, and it's like it's all in Blake. Like, yeah. that would be that'd be kind of funny and, yeah. and humbling of uh, for her. Well, I um, mean, she's not around to see it, well, unfortunately. <laughs> I'll pop her out from the afterlife for a bit to rub it in her face. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So, so you, you're right. Like Blake, really, sort of, he's just made this big pitch. Um. And I feel like this is a turning point in the story here, um, like even more so than Blake coming out of the drains. Like that felt mm. like the start of a new dawn. And this is the book sort of saying, here's what we're going to be explicitly dealing with for, for the next while. And I think like we've known that this was coming, like the, the story has laid these seeds, but this is very much now it's stopping and staying, saying, you know, Blake is on board with this. This is where it's going. This is what the conflict's going to be, you know, buckle up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, unfortunately for Blake, he doesn't get much traction with the Duchamp side. Mm. Um, and so he finally turns to Briar Girl to try and get at least one person on side. Um, yeah, which is like, what's he hoping to achieve with Briar Girl? Because she's already just as, about as out of the system as she reasonably can be, right? Like, I mean, yeah. she, doesn't, she doesn't really seem like part of the system to to a huge degree. Yes, Uh yeah, I, I kind of get the sense that he's just trying to stop it being a catastrophic failure. Because if if he can convince one person, maybe there's, like, some way to keep that momentum. Um, yeah, that's fair. That's or halt fair. his negative momentum. But he, he really doesn't... He really hurts his case. Like, he, he, keeps, he keeps making references to everyone being worse off if this doesn't happen. And putting yourself in the mind of the other people in this scene... Having a basically a demonic spirit say everyone's gonna suffer <laughs> if this doesn't happen, like it's not it, it it's not the kind of thing that makes you think yeah let's have a truce, <laughs> let's have a truce. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, well, to take it to like a real worldish analogy. It's kind of like a member of a famous weapons dealer family coming up and being like, hey, let's all sign this peace treaty, or everyone is you know going to be in trouble. And it's sort of like, okay, so. 
what like you know you're gonna blow us all up if, yeah, exactly. if we don't sign it <laughs> it's it's, uh, not... it's hard it's hard not to read a sort of implicit threat into and, it. and blake is it's like blake saying well i'm not gonna blow you up but my cousin over there who has all the guns is gonna <laughs> blow you up like i don't want it to happen it's so terrible um yeah you can see from their context why why this doesn't work as well as it is sounds to us and to blake yeah, it sounds like Blake's just being the good cop to Rose's bad cop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so interestingly, Blake thinks to himself, damn me, damn them, damn it all, as it kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is obviously very intentional word choice, considering that these are the words that the book starts with. Um, yeah. Why do we think it's here, is my question. And I have an answer to this, and it's a pretty grim answer, but I'm curious to hear what you think. I mean, I mean I- I'm sure... There's there's probably even a bunch of reasons. Like for me, this is part of why you know I was just talking about how I feel like this chapter is the start of I don't know like the the, the real conflict of the book, right? Like this yeah. is this is where everything's going to start moving towards the end goal, uh, pretty directly. And you know, like so tying it back to the opening of the book, like would would fit there. Yeah, um, yeah. That's no. more. That's probably more metatextual than than what you're talking about. No, mine is honestly quite similar i mean you know i think at the base level this the the situation that made blake say that the first time was he was dealing with his family uh which kind of means that he sees this as about as frustrating as dealing with his family which is <laughs> a burn against this council um but I, or I is he of... warming up to his family yeah uh, yeah true, true. To, as we see towards the end of the chapter he's not as against working with them as you would have thought <laughs> um but it, what it makes me think is like and and we kind of touched on the idea that this is Blake making a very strong attempt to be a human and getting kind of knocked back for it um and going towards being a boogeyman at least that's kind of my read on some of the stuff this chapter and mm. so having this echo the start of the story which is when he started existing basically right like Blake started existing yeah. as an other when these words first came out and now he's kind of doubling down on that as they come out for the second time um, I don't know, it makes me think, uh, it kind of like what you said, a turning point for Blake, but uh, in a quite a bad direction. <laughs> I mean, yeah, potentially. Um, I Knowing the literary world that this story is set in, I know that these words are going to show up one more time, and I'm so excited to see <laughs> what that is. I hadn't thought of that, you're right, the rule of threes, I can't wait to see where it shows up what do you i i, I imagine it's going to be blake doing something mm. as he does it this time like mm. like him actively pushing a button so to speak yeah yeah um we'll see uh so yeah uh basically everyone says no to him <laughs> um yeah and and blake basically tries a few last ditch efforts to try and get some people on side yeah there's a there's a real sense of desperation in this um you know i think it's our first sign of uh the big plays he's going to decide to make in a little bit. The big, terrible plays. Um, again, he notes that he's actively hurting his ability to get these people on side. Um, I wonder, I know he's delivering these truth bombs, but I honestly do wonder if if he was a bit more willing to, to, to play the game, as it were, would he be able to actually form some stronger connections? Like, has he hurt himself by being too honest here? Yeah, or is that, or is that the trap? Um, yeah, that true. everyone else has fallen I mean, into. Yeah, uh, true. <laughs> Maybe if he just plays by the rules for a little bit, he'll be able to break <laughs> the system. Uh, yeah, and I mean that's the thing. It's this like fascinating duality in this thing where he's, um, 
you know, trying to trying to get everyone to come on board, but he has to do it so aggressively, he's kind of pushing them away. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of sad, right? It, it's... Yeah. It's frustrating to read, because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty... Obviously, we as the audience are so on board with Breaking the Wheel, and it's just getting <laughs> no traction. Um, yeah. Um, so, Baker's... Blake is basically worn down by their complete unwillingness to negotiate with him, and he kind of flips out and uh, kind of promises to fuck them up. I mean, he doesn't say it. He doesn't <laughs> say that, but he de- he says it in a way that kind of sounds like he's saying that. Yeah, well, they sort of challenge him. They're like, oh, what are you going to do? And he's like, I can't tell you, or you'd want to stop me, which is pretty much him saying, this will be bad for you. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and again, we already talked about how he's you know a a monster associated with a demon family so it's very reasonable for them to not at all believe his like half-assed attempts to be like no it's cool i'm gonna do something real bad but it's like for you guys (laughs) yeah yeah the wording that he uses is oh you you won't believe me if i just talk about it well fine i'd better act then and it's (laughs) very much like like that's the words that a serial killer would say before he kills his first victim you know (laughs) Um, yeah, it's not a direct threat, but it does it does feel like there's a, a sort of implicit, indirect yeah. one mixed into it, yeah. I think it's probably, it's the kind of phrase that would seem ambiguous enough to, that you could be like, that's probably not a threat, except it's being said to you by, like, a half-tree ghost man mirror ghost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, okay, I can't, like, I would give you the benefit of the doubt, but you're a spooky mirror tree ghost, and so that kind yeah. of doesn't apply. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So Blake, uh, heads back to the house and with Evan's help, they break in or fly in on a mirror. Um, he finds the restrained Thorburns that are waking up now and, uh, reveals himself to them. He, he, he very explicitly just makes them aware of him. Uh, I, I want to be, I, I want to think this is a happy, good thing, but I don't know if it is. I mean, we no. just sort of, you know, we were just talking before about how, you know, uh, you can understand why the Bahamas and the Duchamps aren't going to get on board with this sort of thing, because it requires you to go so all in and take these huge risks. And this, wait, this is Blake doing that. I mean, that's yeah. his whole plan here is. Um, that's always his plan. <laughs> well, yeah, his plan, such as it were, uh, to, to kind of put it all out on the line. And it's just like, I want to believe that, we will be able to look back at this in, you know, three arcs or, or, or an arc or whatever and say, yeah, you know, he really proved his point, but... Yeah, I, no. I, I mean, I feel, I feel like it's very low odds. Um, like, I mean, for starters, it's the Thorburns, and they're all a bunch of shitheads. Yeah. Um, second of all, I mean, I can't wait to see Rose's reaction when she gets back. She's going to be thrilled. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is like a million <laughs> times worse than him taking Evan as a familiar without telling her. Yeah, um, and then, like, you know, everyone else in town is going to be like, oh, you made more Thorburns. Hmm, I guess you really are for peace. Uh, <laughs> like, like, it's just, I, it seems like a very... It's such a it like, plan. <laughs> it, it's so, it's so optimistic to think that there's going to be anyone out there who will look at this and think, oh, yeah, Blake's going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, he, so, says, he says to the council, like, keep in mind what I'm about to do. Remember, I'm doing it for everybody, and I don't know how, possibly, how anybody could interpret this as being for the greater good of everybody in town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, go do Mags's dads or something if you've noticed. Although, don't do that. Don't drag them in this. Um, <laughs> They've been through enough, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is just... I can't... This is so fun. Like, I think, you know, as a, as a spirit, I'm totally on board with this. Uh, it's going to be fun either way. I just... I, I don't have high hopes for us being able to look back at this and think, yeah, you know, was, this directly helped move. Blake move in the right direction. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see, I guess. And I mean, yeah, so obviously, as I already touched on, this is a chapter that for me was all about, you know, staking the claim of what, what the final conflict of the book is going to be centered around for Blake. Um, and it like, it ties into, I mean, because we had the beat in the last chapter in 11.8 where Blake was frustrated that, uh, he didn't have the the connection and the responsibility for his friends anymore. Yeah. I can't help but wonder if there's a little tiny bit of him that's like... I'll make remembering more. that when he when he does this and yeah. it's like this is not the way to deal with those feelings blake yeah um these uh, this this must be the shittiest replacement cabal that could possibly <laughs> exist i mean yeah, yeah. I mean, like this does not help this does not help that hole that was left in you i don't think i mean prove me wrong ellie callan uh roxanne oh god uh Catherine. peter i guess well but no uh, peter's not here right like oh uh, he actually peter well we still don't know i think I think last chapter, Eva or Andy said they were going to go out. I think they said Eva was going to go out, yeah. going to go out and get him. Yeah, uh, of all the Thorburns, like yeah, Peter sounds like one who might actually be useful, but he's not here. <laughs> you didn't even get the slightly useful Thorburn. I mean, El- Ellie, Ellie would be second place. Yeah, except she's uh, or out of the she, pack that's there. She is so, she's so much a wild card. Like she's so <laughs> much a unable to. Well, yeah, but who's who's Blake to judge? Yeah. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> like, Blake to the rest of the Cabal is what Ellie is to the Thorburns. Like, you don't need a... Yeah, she's a yeah. double Blake. You don't need a double Blake. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I'm so excited to see where this goes. Yeah, um, we'll yeah. see next time. But before then, we wanted to take a look at some comments from when this chapter first came out five years ago and see what people were saying about it. Um, yeah. What have you got? Uh, so, I, I there were a fair few comments in here that were talking about Comparing the Baham leaders, um, which is something that people yeah. have been doing for a while, but I, I kind of thought this would be a nice opportunity now that obviously uh, Dunk uh, Laird is is gone. Duncan is more or less uh, out of the picture, seemingly at least out He's of on the, the out. power. Yeah, um, and we have the new Baham coming in. It's a good chance to reflect back on on you know fond memories of Baham's past. Um, <laughs> and, and so I, I, there are a few comments that I want to talk about here. Uh, there was a user called Glassware who was talking about. They're liking Alistair, even though he's a bit of a jerk, but uh, finding Duncan non-offensive, which I can't relate to, and 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 disliking Laird the most because he's too abusive of his power. And then uh, mm-hmm. under this, uh, Yagloba y- commented, uh, countering, talking about how Laird kind of had something that he really believed in, and that was what made him endearing to Yagloba. And and this was an interesting point for me to what be the, raised. That- yeah, I mean, well, I just want to say that's interesting to me because I don't feel like I have a firm grasp on what Laird was trying to do. No. I agree that he was seemingly trying to do something, but I I do not know what it was right now. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I remember us talking about this, the, the difference between Duncan and Laird being Laird kind of feeling like he was pointing the ship in a direction, whereas Duncan was just kind of following at the back, rowing the oars or whatever the in the ship mm. metaphor it is. Um and, and and it's interesting to me to think about the fact that a lot of Laird's problems came from how driven he was to 
his goals, right? To to promoting the Bahame family, to to trying to do whatever he was trying to do. Um, yeah, that was the reason that he kind of was willing to be a corrupt authority figure, as Glassware put it. Um, where where mm. to contrast that, Duncan is a follower, and therefore he's just more likely to you know be relatively passive. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is interesting, and I guess. I mean, I'm getting the impression Alistair is a lot more on the uh, Laird side of that scale. Yeah, the, maybe the recklessness of a Laird without the experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I've pulled out a comment by Mondsemmel, um, mm. and this is part of a series of comments sort of talking about, um, uh, well, you know, talking about the Seal of Solomon, because obviously that came up a fair bit this, this chapter, and they were sort of talking, um, you know, about the origins of it, and there was some interesting speculation there, um, but, like, one of the things that, that they obviously highlighted um, that I, 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 you know, hadn't been thinking about recently was this idea that part of, you know, we, we've seen the Seal of Solomon has, like, an inherent power, like, even if you're not bound to it, some of its rules can still apply to you. Mm. Um, like, it... it it, it's so widespread and is such a foundational part of the system that even if you're not signed up to it, it can still impact you um, indirectly, which of course, you know, is a great metaphor and all that. Um, but also made me realize Blake has no plan for what he wants to fix or change with the system, right? Like he knows, he knows it's shit and he knows he needs to change it, but um, yeah. he's basically trying to drag the entire world down one of his Blake plans, which is this thing bad, let's get rid of it. Yeah. And he, but he hasn't thought far enough ahead about what he wants to fix it with, which I, I'm very interested to see where we go with that side of the equation moving forward. Because I don't, until he's actually pitching a new idea or a replacement like Black Lamb's Blood did, yeah. Um, I, I don't understand how he thinks he's going to get people on board because at the moment he just seems like a destructive force. I wonder if the Black Lamb's Blood plan is the plan that he thinks in his head will work. Um, I... I- but you should it, tell people that. Yeah, but having said that, it, that does feel less like breaking the system and more like putting another system, like replacing the system. You know. Well, that wasn't even replacing the system. The Black Lamb's Blood idea was to like, uh, it was like a patch. It was the system yeah. one point one hot fix? Um, yeah, they just wanted. Yeah, uh, they just wanted one small change to yeah. let diabolists be less of a harm to the system yeah. and actually have them integrated properly. Demons OP nerf, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I think, I mean, yeah, the, the, you've written here, Blake has no plan for what the new system will be. And, and you know, any sentence that starts with Blake has no plan is obviously correct. Um, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, he, he just, he just, I mean, uh, I hate to say this, Blake, but you just haven't thought this one through, unlike your other great yeah. plans. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with him. I just think, yeah, you'd have a lot. Like, it didn't occur to me until I was reading this comment that it was like, Blake, you're going to have a much easier time convincing people if you're providing an alternative. Yeah. Um, and that was what Blake's, yeah, that was what Black Lamb's blood did for him, mm. um, was it presented an alternative and he was like, oh, okay, I can see this. Yeah. Yeah. So totally. yeah, very interested to see where we go with this moving forward. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see, uh, maybe next episode um leave us your thoughts on how terrible you think uh <laughs> making the thorburns <laughs> aware is um actually we were gonna do a discussion question but we we decided not to for this chapter of uh what you think the implements of these thorburns would be if they become practitioners and i think that is a great question that i would love to hear answers to in our discussion thread which will be linked down in the show notes below yes uh and of course if you want to reach out to us on not reddit uh we're on the twitter yep 
at MediaMD Podcast. Yep, a great place to uh, tweet at us. Uh, Elliot does some live reads. What's the, it's the only place to tweet at us, actually. It's a yeah. different verb in other places. Yeah, you would do something else. Uh, like google us and from doing that you would find yourself on the doofmedia.com website which is where you can find all the great shows on the doof media network of which we are one Uh, we're a show on the doof media network at the very least um Mm -hmm. other shows on the doof media network include my eternal uh favorite which is mm, what you say and uh do the right thing the youngest doof show i guess or is mm, what you say the youngest uh technically in what you say as a rebranding of our yeah. view is younger but uh yes obviously and do the right thing as well um has just switched to a new release day so it should be coming out the same day as this episode i believe it's out um, right now maybe probably uh so so you know go give it a listen join in it's a lot of fun to you know do the right thing yeah definitely um yes and of course you know if you want to support do the right thing deep impacts the rest of the doof network <laughs> <laughs> head on over to patreon.com slash doof media and remember we're stacking the fan art contest so yeah so uh Vote help, help us do that yeah um yeah. and if you would like to support wildbo who is the author of all of the great shows that have uh that that we also much muchly enjoy uh Wait, head shows on... or, or stories has wildbo branched out uh oh shit i wasn't supposed to say that it's a spoiler uh no <laughs> just stories for now uh 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 anyway to support wildbo <laughs> you can go to patreon.com forward slash wildbo yeah so apart from that we'll see everyone uh on wednesday the second for a bonus episode bonus chapter malfeasance 11.10 all right we'll see you then Bye.